Okay, so tonight, Be'ezrus Hashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim based on the teachings of the Gain and the Tzaddik of Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern, Shlita, referred to as entering the Sea of Wisdom. And this week, again, the, the clarification each week is that it's a difficult avoda to even choose something to speak about, because ultimately, as I was just saying to, to somebody, when you learn enough of the Rebbe's Torah, ultimately you come to realize that every point in the Rebbe's Torah, whatever framework it's emerging in, whether it's Niglos, Nistaros, the Shilav of Niglos and Nistaros, they're ultimately all coming from the same place and going towards the same place. So if a person has in mind the particular Nikuda of the Torah of the Tzaddik that speaks to them, so then every possible iteration of the Tzaddik's Torah says the same thing, so it becomes harder to choose one over the other. But then sometimes there are sugyos that are so Yisodi, so foundational and essential to the system itself, that it's an exciting opportunity to take a look at them. So this week's teaching is going to start off as a particular teaching, and it's going to open up into a general concept, which we've dis- discussed in numerous times, but tonight will be a little bit of a, of a different focus, a different particular point of the idea that we're going to try and bring out. So, so what the Rebbe starts off with, and this is on page Lamed Vav, and this is from the Lukute Nishmas and Chadasin, so teachings from Parshas Kitsetse that have been brought out in years past. The Rebbe points out that what the Balatanya describes and what the Arizal also describes to a certain extent with regards to the greatness of Rosh Hashanah is that comes Rosh Hashanah, what it basically is, is the death of the year. The year dies, meaning to say the, the vitality that HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathes, so to speak, into the year itself, into the body of the year, into that life form that is the particular year of experience, seizes, it ends, it reaches its limit. And Rosh Hashanah is the aliyah, the ascent of reality or existence or creation or the possibility of the continuity of creation on a historic and a psycho-historic level, ascends back up to its source, wherein God, so to speak, breathes new life into the year and provides new chayas for the year. So Rosh Hashanah, like the tzaddikim of, of Gur point out, is Rosh Hashinoi. It's, it's moving upwards beyond the place of change, up to that static space wherein HaKadosh Baruch Hu reinvigorates the year with a new life force. And what the Rebbe points out is that on Rosh Hashanah, it's the collective life force that is breathed into the year, but we also find this on Shabbos, especially in the way that the Orachayim HaKadosh points out that comes Shabbos, the only thing that was missing on Shabbos was the vitality, the capacity for the creation that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created to upkeep itself through the perpetual life-giving vitality that HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathes into the world at every moment. And, and Shabbos is the time where the world rejuvenates itself and receives new life force to continue for another week. And so the Rebbe points out that what's happening on Rosh Hashanah on a collective calendar year level is happening on Shabbos on a week of the calendar level, that both points in time represent the rejuvenation, the the reinvestment of life and, and vitality and essence into the empty process of time. And what the Rebbe quotes in the words of the Arizal, and this is something that becomes an essential Nakuda in the teachings of the Rashash, of Rashalam Sharabi, with regards to the breakdown of the system that the Rashash works on, is that these two ideas of Shabbos and Yantif 
represent really two different ways of looking at the calendar year. There's something called partsuf hazmanim, and there's something called partsif hayomim. There's the configuration of calendar dates of specific time periods of events, and there's the configuration of the days themselves. The partsuf hazmanim, the configuration of the events, are comprised of all of the different Yamim Tovim, of Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Purim, Hanukkah, according to the Rebbe, Tuba'av, which corresponds to the Dagah of Yesod, which is something that is clear from many Mikubalim, something that other Mikubalim struggle with, but that's parts of Hazmanim, that's the Kavanos, those are the intentions, the human experience associated with those events, those Yamim Tovim of the calendar year. And then parts of Hayomim is the mundane form of time, the, the dead form of time on a certain level, which is the six days of the week and Shabbos and the different iterations of the different tefillos throughout each day. So what we have is the calendar of the events of the year, the Yomim Tovim, where the intentions and the spiritual modes and moods that we experience are unique. Each and every Yantif brings with it its own gift its own bracha, its own experience. And then there's another way of studying and experiencing mundane time, the weekly in and out, up and down, that leads us to Shabbos. And, and for the Arizal, these two separate entities, the parts of Azmanim, which is the calendar of the events, which is obviously associated with Rosh Hashanah, and the parts of Hayamim, which is the calendar of the mundane days, which is obviously associated with Shabbos, the Arizal points out that the parts of Hazmanim, the events, those unique periods in time, those Mo'adim where we encounter God in a unique form, depending on whatever Yantif it is, the Arizal's language is that the expression of infinite light into the world, of spiritual insight into the world, of Moichin, of consciousness, of the cultivation of a mindful awareness of God through faith and trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on the Yamim Tovim and the parts of Hazmanim, it spills down into the world like a tidal wave. Aruva sashamayim niftachim. There is just this unlimited expression and a gushing forth of the spiritual vitality and what that means for each and every individual. And on Shabbos, or the parts of Hayamim, what it is, is tipin tipin. It's drips of spiritual vitality into the world. It is not nearly as large, exciting, overwhelming as the spiritual influx that comes into our lives in the Yom Tovim, which is parts of Hasmanim, the calendar date of events and specific time periods of the Mo'adim, because it's drops, it's dripping, it's, it's small one drip after the other of spiritual insight that descends into our world. Now, obviously, the, uh, the Rebbe points out that it would make sense to assume, and our assumption would be, that parts of Hazmanim, those events, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, being the birthplace of the new year, are of a loftier spiritual value and of a loftier spiritual potency than parts of Hayamim, which is the mundane day-to-day, -day, in and out of our experience. But what the Rebbe points out is that it's obvious to us that no matter how lofty, no matter how lofty the Yamim Tovim are, we still know that Shabbos Kodesh is ultimately the apex of human experience and that there's no yantif that comes close to Shabbos. And if anything, the, the Mo'adim and the Yamim Tovim are compared to Shabbos. So on the one hand, we have that the Yamim Tovim, Rosh Hashanah, represents the collective vitality of a new year, this gushing forth of spiritual potency, this unbridled, passionate, 
explosion of spiritual intensity into the world. And then on Shabbos, we have these steady, slow but steady drip drop of spiritual light into the world. Yet nevertheless, we see that Shabbos is on a certain level higher than that gushing forth of the Amim Tovim. So this is what the Rebbe is coming to answer. The Rebbe is coming to try and understand how it could be that there is an elevated spiritual quality to the drip drop form of spiritual influx into the world associated with mundane time, with non-redeemed time, with the days of the week and Shabbos versus that gushing forth of spiritual light that emerges into the world on the Moadim. And so what the Rebbe is going to start us off with is as follows. So the Rebbe writes at the top of Daf Lamed Okay, so the Rebbe explains that just like Rosh Hashanah is a time of renewal and the renewed vitality for the breath or the life of the breath of the year, so too Shabbos is the expression of the life for the remaining week. And what the Rebbe explains as is known according to Kabbalah, that there are two modes, two forms of vitality, of spiritual vitality, which descend into the existence of the world to infuse it with essence and meaning. And these two forms of vitality are the chayas hayoredes b'Shabbos Kodesh, the vitality and the strength and the light that descends on Shabbos, which is the vitality of parts of Hayamim, of the configuration of the days. And that's the influx of spiritual intensity, which comes down drip by drip by drip. And then we have the calendar of those events, that Rosh Hashanah type of experience, which is parts of Asmanim, which is not mundane time, but rather redeemed time of the Moadim. And the Shefa that comes down then, Shu Shefa HaKlali, that the entirety of Shemayim opens up and spiritual vitality spills forth into the world. And the Rebbe continues and he says that I'm going to try and understand this according to what the Zayar Kadosh in Parsis Shuma says. That there was a time where the Shechina HaKadoshim that the presence of God in this world, divine presence, spiritual awareness in this world ascended slowly but surely from below to above. And the work of the tzaddikim and the work of Bnei Yisrael, because in truth, amech kulam tzaddikim, all of us are a tzaddik, all of us are makushu to a tzaddik, and therefore we reveal the part of the tzaddik within us. It's our job, to draw that back down into the world, to bring down that spiritual potency. Each year and every Shabbos, it's our job to reinvigorate ourselves and through our spiritual motivation from below, we awaken the influx of spiritual descent from above. And what we need to do is awaken the taiva And what we're trying to do with our vodas, we're trying to remind Hashem, we're trying to reignite the desire, so to speak, that God had to create his dwelling place specifically in the lowest imaginable station in the world. That's what we're doing on Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos. We're saying, Hashem, the highest that you have placed into this pre-existing time period, whether it be on the yearly calendar level or the daily calendar level, it has reached its cessation point. And now our job is to reinvigorate that desire, to remind you, so to speak, to remind you, Hashem, why you should continue the upkeep of the world. And therefore, it makes sense that for Rabbi Nachman, kol olam Rosh Hashanah shali. Just on a small parenthetical note, the big Indian of Rosh Hashanah 
it's not simply to be in a specific place by a specific thing, but rather Rosh Hashanah is the apex, it's the center, it's the headquarters of the entire decision of what this world is going to look like for the upcoming year. And therefore the big tzaddikim made a very big deal out of it. Why? Because the tzaddik is ma'ira b'chol Hashem that our job on Rosh Hashanah is to reawaken the desire for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to reinvigorate the world with desire to keep the world up. So let's move forward to Os Membez, where the Rebbe is going to ask us Kasha. Again, the Kasha is going to be, how could it be that Shabbos, which is of a higher level of Rosh Hashanah, it's a higher level of all Moadim, is considered a shefa, a vitality, a spiritual influx that is drip by drip by drip, a small measured amount, nothing overwhelming, which seems small and boring in comparison to the explosive nature of spirituality of the Moadim. And how could it be that that which appears lower is in truth higher? Venimtza, says the Rebbe, Shakiyam v'chayas kolay lamus ha'elyoinim v'hatachtoinim tuluyim ba'avoydah Shabbos kodesh u'ba'avoydah Rosh Hashanah kodesh. Now our job in Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah is to reinvigorate the desire for the upkeep of the world and to draw back down spiritual vitality into our own minds, into the world, into our families, into our homes. The Rebbe continues, and this is going to be in Ois Mem Gimel. Ubir Marenu. And the Rebbe continues and he says, Sha'af shefa ha'gadol the parts of hazmanim, which is aruva sashamayim niftuchu hu'gadol b'yoyter. And even though it appears that the spiritual influx that descends into the world in the Mo'adim and Rosh Hashanah, which is compared by the Arizal to the influx, this tidal wave of Shemayim opening up and this intense form of spirituality descending into the world, even though that appears to be of a higher level, even though that appears to be more of an intense spiritual experience. Nevertheless, we know that the holiness of Shabbos is holier than the Kedusha of Rosh Hashanah. And the Echad Habirim B'Inyan Zeh. And the Rebbe is going to explain one explanation with regards to why Shabbos, even though the influx is much smaller, is in truth of a loftier level. And the Rebbe says as follows, Sha'amnan yesh ma'la lahashefa shal tipin tipin. In truth, there is an ascendant quality to the nature of spiritual influx that drips ever so slowly into the world over and above the opening that allows this tidal wave and a flush of spiritual intensity that takes place on the Yaman Tovim. Why? Because tipin tipin, a drip and a drip after that and another drip, a slow but steady individualized process of spiritual influx, which is representative of Shabbos, it points out the fact that in spite of the fact that it's not one steady flow of spiritual light emerging into the world, it's drip after drip after drip after drip. And when one drop is done descending into the world, there's another drop that needs to come down. And yes, there's a distance and a pause between those two drops to the point that it appears in between the two drops of spirituality as it descends that perhaps, God forbid, there's a level of concealment something that you don't find by the aruva sashamayim niftahu, by that unending flow of spirituality into the world. But the drip process, the drip drop process of spirituality points to the fact that it's always renewing itself. There's a sense of novelty. 
the spiritual vitality of yesterday is not the spiritual vitality of today. And the spiritual vitality of tomorrow is not the spirituality of today. That each and every day demands a renewal and a recentering and a refocus of what it means to be a Jew, of what it means to learn Torah, of what it means to be Makayim, a particular mitzvah. And even if I did the same exact activity yesterday, nevertheless, because today is a new drop of spirituality that is apparently disconnected than the previous day's drop, so then each day provides itself with an aspect of his chadshis, with renewal, with a need for novelty, with a need for re-entering it and recombining ourselves on a daily basis. Shemasigim tamid oid hasaga oid hasaga, that we're constantly and perpetually moving from one station of spiritual experience to another, one drop and then another drop and then another drop and constantly moving forward. And what this ever-shifting, ever-changing, moment-to-moment spiritual investment into the world creates is the process of pleasure that emerges from the perpetual renewal of the experience. When something continues forever, when something goes on unending without any separation or interruption or distinction, so ultimately what happens is that spiritual influx grows boring because it's what is expected. It's specifically the stop and go process, the limit that is placed according to yesterday's spirituality versus today's spirituality, it's that perpetual renewal that creates the pleasure, the pleasure of novelty that emerges in the service of God, which is the aspect of Shabbos, which has a mitzvah of Oneg. There's a mitzvah of Oneg Shabbos. Why? The joy and the pleasure of Shabbos only emerges because of the distinction that takes place between the mundane dead week and the light of Shabbos. But if every day was Shabbos, then there would be no pleasure of that renewal because it would be the self-same process of all of a singular flow of spirituality. But Shabbos, because of the deep distinction between the darkness of Erev Shabbos and the light of Leil Shabbos, it creates the hischad shishatainug, the fact that, oh my goodness, a moment ago I was stuck in darkness, now I'm experiencing light. That creates the tainug, that creates the pleasure of spiritual experience. And this is the aspect, that this is the elevated status of what it means to live within the confines of temporality of time, which is predicated on the fact that that which took place in the past is no longer present, that which takes place in the future is not yet here, and that the present moment is simply a bridge between the ungraspable past and the impossible future. That zmaniyut, that living within time, that stop and go, drip drop nature of spiritual experience, and these three drips and those three drops, the Rebbe points out, are hayahoyivaviyya, past, present, and future. There's a maila to this because it's mechadesh b'chol eis Every moment I can renew my pleasure because the pleasure I experienced before has died. I descend into a darkness and then I have to renew my pleasure. And it's only the gap or the darkness or that vacant space between one moment pleasure and the next moment of pleasure that allows pleasure to renew itself perpetually and it doesn't fall into stagnant stability which grows boring. Masha'in came, the Rebbe says, Hashefa hayored ba'ifen shall riboy or, as opposed to the type of spiritual influx that descends into the world on the Yemim Tovim, which is a massive amount of light, it's lacking. It doesn't have the kalim to create his chadshus. It doesn't have movement and his chadshus anymore. 
and therefore we lose Tainug. In the aspect of what the Baal Shem Tov said, that Tainug to me, the Eino Tainug, perpetual pleasure is no longer pleasurable because ultimately the pleasure grows boring and a person loses sight of its novelty. And that's the aspect of the Yomim Tovim. That's Aruva Sashamayim Niftachu, which is why there's no mitzvah of Oneg on the Yomim Tovim. Because the entire possibility of Oneg is born out of the temporal sway, which tells us that each moment dies and each moment begins again. That's the Maila of Tipin Tipin. That's why on a certain level, Shabbos is higher than Rosh Hashanah, because Shabbos takes into consideration the stop and the go process, the pleasurable moment of Avoida and then the descent into the opposite of pleasure. And then rising up again into a moment of pleasure and then losing that pleasure and then up and down every moment of a person's life. That creates the perpetual renewal of pleasure. The Rebbe continues and he goes on to say that in truth, this is why tzaddikim had to stop in their avoider. The Arizal points out that a person can't be for more than three hours. There were tzaddikim who died because of their dveikos. But the question is, why does a tzaddik, why does a spiritually refined individual need to actually pause? Why is there any for sleep and inhaling and deep breaths and engaging in mundane activity? It's all for the purpose of renewing the pleasure that comes about afterwards. That without the pause, without the temporal shift of past, present, and future, of tipin, tipin, of shifts in time and human experience, so then the tainug would grow stale and it would be an aspect of tainug tamidi eno tainug. And then the Rebbe continues and he says something incredible that in truth, la'asid lavo, in the future, we're going to reach a point where both milos are going to be true. That we're going to be able to experience the perpetual pleasure of the Yamim Tovim, of Aruva Sashimayim Niftachu, where there's not going to be any concealment or distortion. There's not going to be any need for a descent away from the level of pleasure that we're experiencing. Yet, nevertheless, that entrance into that ever present nature of spiritual power is not going to negate the possibility of perpetual renewal. So it will be a consistency of pleasure, yet a perpetual renewal as well. It's what the Rebbe refers to as the non-perpetual pleasure within the perpetuality of pleasure, or the descent away from pleasure that remains pleasurable that gives birth to the pleasure that we have in that infinite presence of pleasure. It's the reality that even though we're not being yoyred, even though I no longer have to descend into a place of concealment, nevertheless, in that space of fullness, I will be able to taste the taiva, the desire that can only come about by way of chisaron. But at this point, chisaron and shlemus are both serving the same purpose that the light of the descent away from pleasure and the light of perpetual pleasure are both feeding into one another so that the impossible could take place, which is that it's eternal pleasure, yet it's an eternal form of pleasure which still experiences the breakup that time creates of renewed pleasure. And this is what the Rebbe ends with, where he says that this is the darga of Shalim b'chatzi b'lashon Rabbeinu Avram Abu Lafia. This is something we've touched upon before. That even though it's written in the beginning of Eitz Chaim, that Hashem is going to be mavatel Simsum, Hashem is going to be mavatel all concealment, Hashem is going to get rid of all constructs of time, of past, present, and future, of shifting moods and moments. And things are going to return and revert back to the way they were prior to creation. When the simple light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in its infinitude fulfilled and subsumed the entirety of the void, 
which implies that there's going to be a destruction of time, which would imply a destruction of the perpetual renewal of pleasure. Yet nevertheless, in spite of the fact that the symptom is going to be nullified, it won't be truly nullified because the ascendant element of spirituality that emerges from within the symptom itself is going to remain in place. And that energy, that strength of movement below for the sake of ascending back above, that retreat away from the light so that we can desire it even more, is still going to remain ever-present even when the simplicity of the infinite light of Hashem is present. And this is the secret of the Tesefes Kisha, the adornment of perfection, which again, if we were to begin speaking about, we would spend years on this, right? Tesefes Kisha, the adornment of perfection that takes place within the simple light through the tzimtzum and the creation of the worlds, which are no longer a stira to the simplicity of the light, because simplicity and multiplicity now operate in unison and difference remains within unity, it no longer separates unity, but rather it gives birth to a deeper form of unity. And Rabbeinu Avram Abulafia describes this status that will take place uh, in the future, where we will fulfill ourselves with perpetual shameless and perfection, yet we will not lose out on the joys and the pleasures of divine service that emerges from a place of lack. He refers to this as the secret of shalem and chatzi, of wholeness and brokenness at once. That even though the Jewish people are going to merit the status of perfection, which is which is a connection and a mindful awareness of God without breaking, we're still going to hold on to the benefit that emerges from being a broken piece, which is the maila of the that in spite of the fact that everything is perfect, we're still going to have that sense of imperfection, which forces us to make perfection even more perfect than it already is. And this is the aspect of the Tamidei Chachamim, who have no rest in this world and no rest in the next world, because even when they reach the apex of their status, they have to continue processing forward and forward. Again, there, there's far too much to try and unpack in, in a statement like this. This is These are ideas that the Rebbe has made more clear than I believe any tzaddik that has come before him or will come after him. But nevertheless, on a practical level, what this means, again, this is the idea that we've pushed so often, it's just another element of it on a more psychological level, that, that perfection is not the goal. Perfection that destroys the notion of imperfection is in fact the opposite of the spiritual goal, but rather what we're looking for is a perfection that makes room for imperfection. Because when perfection makes room for imperfection, what is revealed is that even imperfection is not a contradiction to perfection, but it's simply another iteration of perfection, revealing that both imperfection and perfection both bespeak the infinite presence of God, and not that there's, God forbid, a battle between the two, but that everything is contained within the spiritual experience. And if we can taste this prior to the future, what that means for us is that we can learn how to benefit from the temporal sway that we so often see as anxiety producing or difficult as the fact that we can't hold on to emotions for too long. If we can arm ourselves with this redemptive form of thinking, then every moment in its brokenness and its imperfection and the aspect of tipin tipin, of changes and limits and stop and goes, those become the very site of the depths of spiritual potency and experience, Bezrus Hashem.